Welcome to the Nicodemus Podcast. Here we discuss the deeper things of God that your everyday Christian wonders about but may not have anyone who will discuss it with him. We will discuss what a relationship on a deeper personal level looks like while also maintaining the practicality of being an everyday Christian with an everyday life. Welcome back to the Nicodemus Podcast. I'm your host today, Colton McCoy. I'm here always with Colton Edmondson and Aaron Paris. Today we're talking about the fivefold ministry. I'm excited for you guys to hear today's topic, uh, but without going any further, Aaron uh, is going to pray and then we'll get started. Father God, I thank you, Father, for your love towards us and Lord, how you take us by the hand and walk us into the uh, deeper things of you, Lord, how you take us into the revelation of who you are and what you do in us. And Father, I ask that you uh, do that today, that you take us in, give us wisdom, uh, show us things that uh, we need to know about the fivefold ministry. And we ask this in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. All right. Fivefold ministry. Who wants to uh, get us started today? I can give us, uh, I can get us started with the scripture location that this uh, originates from. Okay. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It says, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and teachers. Verse 12, For the perfecting of the saints, for the working of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. So uh, that was uh, 13th verse included there. Uh, but we, we see these minister types in verse 11 that uh, God uses to, to perfect the saints so that the saints can work the ministry. And uh, so that's what the... That's kind of where we find the fivefold ministry, and you can look at look at that verse and kind of understand a lot of a lot of stuff, or or, or crack the seal on a lot of stuff that God has for the body. So why? Let me ask you all this question: Why is it important for an everyday Christian to know what the fivefold ministry is? What? Why is that even relevant? Why are we talking about that today? Why? What's something that somebody needs to know about the so, fivefold? So to me. If you're asking yourself, why do I need to know about the fivefold? There's a couple of reasons. The first reason being, in most churches, you only find three of these five. And that is the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. And really being considered um, an office of sorts, most of the time is only the evangelist and the pastor. The teacher, most people just look at it as like, oh, the old, the old Sunday school teacher. But, um, so what Aaron read to y'all in Ephesians four says, God set those in place to equip the saints and mature the saints. Okay. You hear a lot of churches now who don't receive prophets and apostles, but we just showed you where it says God set them in. There is not a scripture where it says, and then, and then God just decided that they weren't needed anymore. And so, there's a there's a scripture and I don't have the reference right in front of me, but it says if you receive a prophet in Matthew the name 10, of a 41. prophet, do what Matthew ten forty one Matthew ten forty one says if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. Again, I, that might be paraphrasing. I don't have it right in front of me, but the the whole gist of what I'm saying there is if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet. So if you have a prophet and you receive them as a prophet. That they hear from God, they can they can tell you foretell you things, they can speak into your life, things like that. 
then you receive the reward of having a prophet among you. Foresight, um, reading your mail, like like people call it, different different things. There's a lot of different things, but it that can also transfer over to every other fivefold office. If you receive uh, apostle in the name of apostle, you will re- receive the award, reward of having an, an apostle among you. So what I'm trying to say with all that is it's important because people miss out on it because the church doesn't teach it. And it's important to know about them because if you have somebody around you that is one of those things, then you can kind of uh, tap into who it is that they really are and you can and you can reap a reward from having them around you. So the, each one of them will have will carry a ability by the power of God that the average Christian does not necessarily have. Uh, I'll just use a teacher for an example. Now, the church people will take anybody that has a desire to do something for God and they have a desire to speak or whatever, and they'll put them up on a pulpit in front of people, uh, kids or whatever and call them teachers. But that doesn't mean they're a, a, a God-called teacher. Yeah. A God-called teacher cannot help themselves. They will break it down and explain it in a way that everybody can can understand. They break it down, and it and it's like they do it with so much ease. They they're able to teach you, help you to understand, because that is the anointing that's on their life. You'll 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 see that each one of them has an anointing to do something that the other ones don't necessarily have. Um, so so uh, that's a very important uh, reason. Uh, the other reason that I think is is uh, really cool is you'll find it in first corinthians twelve twenty eight. it says and god has set some in the church first apostles secondarily prophets thirdly teachers after that miracles and then the gifts of healings and helps of governments and diversities of tongues now take a moment for what we've just said edmondson said it a lot of the churches don't receive uh, apostles and prophets anymore and then we just said they put people up and call them teachers but they don't let real teachers teach and guess what don't follow along in the church mm-hmm. you don't see after the after that after that is the miracles and the gifts of healings and the helps of the governments and the divi- diversities of tongues you don't see that because those offices are not being allowed to do their job and mature and equip the church. We want to see those things happen, equip the church. Uh, how do we equip the church? By letting the pe- the people in these offices operate in their office. we got to receive them in that office. Yeah. Right. Um, the our, our pastor here, or our apostle here, he's he operates in the role of an apostle and, and a pastor, of course, but I love the way that he taught the fivefold ministry. It's I use it every time I talk about the fivefold ministry. Um, but if you're looking at your hand and you start with your pinky finger, that's a teacher because they can get down in your ear. And I know this might be elementary, but it, I remember this every time. It's, it's, it's easy to remember. Um, but if you're looking at your hand, the pinky finger, that's your teacher. They can get down in your ear. Like Aaron said, they break those things down. They really can make it understand so they can... Uh, they can get down in there. Then you have the next finger, your ring finger, which is the pastor because they're married to the church. Every, they, everything they do is to care for the church. They're married to the church. They're always at the church, you know, and y'all can interject at any time too. Then you have your middle finger, which is 
most people's hands, your middle finger sends the furthest. That's going to be your evangelist because they reach out. They have an outreach. That's what an evangelist does. Then moving on, you have your pointer finger, which is your prophet because it's, um, it's like they kind of read your mail. They get you told kind of thing. Not that they get you told, but they... They're giving they you point a, out things in the spirit realm. That's yes, what, that's a way. That's a way better way of saying it. And then, lastly, have a thumb, which is your apostle, and your apostle is able to touch all your other fingers. The apostle is able to operate in all of those different um, giftings and callings. Another thing I also want to point out is there's not a hierarchy in the fivefold ministry. Um, a, a lot of times um, we see people. Saying, well, I'm an apostle because they think the apostle is the greatest thing ever. They think, well, they can do everything, so they must be the greatest. There's not a hierarchy in the fivefold ministry. It, you being a teacher doesn't make you less than because you're not an apostle. And mm-hmm. if, if you have a friend that's an apostle, it doesn't make them greater. Their anointing is not more stronger or deeper or anything because they're an apostle and you're a teacher. There's there's no hierarchy in in the fivefold ministry. Right. You, you just have to look at what they're called for. Yeah. Uh, apostles, apostle means sent one, and, and they're called actually to be sent into an area to establish a work. That's what an apostle's called for. So they establish a work, and while they're establishing this work, and it's so young and it has not got the fivefold there, they have to be able to operate in all the fivefold ministry until the fivefold is established there. Yep. Uh, so they're not. it's not that they're greater they just have they have a a calling to do that how could you be an apostle if you're not sent so people people that want to claim they're an apostle you could ask yourself are you where have you been sent to establish a work um Mm. uh, so you look at all of those it's it's crazy when you recognize how the church has twisted each of these offices too because an evangelist reaches out past the the rest of them because he's supposed to have an outreach. But you look at the churches, and an evangelist is one that goes from church to church to church to church. Where's his outreach at? Mm-hmm. Where, where, so I'm not putting down an evangelist that travels from church to church because usually they often, when they come into the area, the anointing on their life pulls people in from other areas too. But a but an evangelist should have the the ability to pull people uh, to know God like uh, like a real drawing, um, and and you have to remember that uh, an evangelist, God tells us all to do the work of the evangelist, so we're all supposed to reach out. But then there is people who are called to be an evangelist that you will see that they have the ability to draw someone in. So I'm not. I'm not just talking about drawing them into the to the church, but drawing them in all together that other people don't seem to have. They have that. It's almost a charisma that draws That's people's what I was attention about to in. Say. I think it'd be important here to interject just a little bit to go through kind of the tendencies and things that we've seen over the years of personalities. Because the more that I'm around, more people that are called into certain things, the more that I'm able to see hey, they fit this bill really good. So like your evangelist, like Aaron was just saying, they have this charisma. The number one thing I've noticed about every evangelist I've ever been around is they can talk to anybody about just about anything. And now, if you can do that, that doesn't automatically mean (laughs) that you're an evangelist. I'm just saying all of the ones I know, 
they can be in a they could be in a hardware store and talk about chainsaws and then go to a sporting goods store and talk about golf and then leave from there and go to a restaurant and talk about food and be able to really um like Aaron said about the drawing in people but are engaged with them somebody that constantly. doesn't even like to play golf will be drawn in to hear him talk about golf because he just has that ability to right to draw their attention in, bring them in. Right. So the evangelists, they have that ability, the, the charisma, like Aaron had said. And then your teacher, like Aaron, he already mentioned this, but the teacher is not just somebody who can take a Bible verse and say, this is what the Lord's saying. I've literally sat in Sunday schools before where somebody was like, do we really think Jesus wants us to be at the bar drinking on Saturday? No. And everybody's <laughs> like, No. And that was the Sunday, and I'm not trying to poke fun, but that's somebody who just got put in a position by a church. But see, uh, Aaron, Aaron's a great teacher. He he teaches Sunday school here, and he he has an anointing to teach. And um, the teacher just has a natural tendency. It does not even have to be scripture. They have a natural tendency to break things down in a way that. Is just easy for you to understand. Uh, Colton, I, I might have said this before, but if I haven't, Colton calls Aaron the great over-explainer. And, that's, and, and we poke fun at him about it, but really that, what, it, what that is is his teaching anointing that comes out in, in anything. We'd be talking about anything, and he will break it down to the detail. And uh, teachers are also a little bit more meticulous, and they look at... And they look at um, just kind of the finer points of stuff that see. <clears throat> so for me, these guys could tell you, and I've had other people um, tell me, uh, some of y'all might not have ever heard me preach, but I preach in a preach teach type of way. But when you're, when, when you have a preacher, sometimes they're just hitting the main points of something. And so it's not that it's not deep, but they're almost skimming past some of it to get to the point they're trying to make for the message. But your teacher can come back and take, and that's what's really good in a good church is when you have a preacher and a teacher who work together because that teacher can come back and take what that preacher talked about. And this doesn't mean the preacher doesn't know it, but for the point he's trying to make, he's hitting what he what the Lord has shown him. So then that teacher can come back and and go over those just those points that's like, okay, here's a nugget in this that helps you grab hold of the chunk that he was trying to get you to grab hold of. And so um, that that's another point about the teachers. They're just, they're meticulous. They naturally break things down. All the all the fivefold offices, anybody knows scripture probably could, but that teacher is just in them. They're just going to do it. Another thing that, I, that I've seen in teachers um, is like when Sister Rhonda was she used to be the teacher here um she's going on to be with the lord but she used to be the teacher here at Hand church but it didn't matter who was preaching that lady always was so intently listening and wanting that knowledge because and she was the the thing about sister Rana to me is that she was always teachable she she always was looking to learn she she had a thing to me where it seemed like she could learn from anybody because mm-hmm. i remember the first time that i preached and this has been years ago. I 
I just started looking at Ronda because, like everybody else, you know, I, I was nervous, of course, but Ronda just genuinely seemed that she was interested in what I was saying. And my message was simple. I remember what I, I talked about being unashamed of the gospel, Romans one sixteen. It was a what quote unquote a simple message, you know, or whatever. But there was still uh, Ronda was so engaged in what I was saying that I felt like I was doing an awesome job. I, you know, I, you know, it made me feel like wow, like she's I'm I'm doing something here. But mm-hmm. and to me, I, I feel like teachers are really always trying to bring in more knowledge because the more knowledge that they can soak up or whatever is the more that they get to break down and show people like this is what so and so was saying when they said this verse and they use this right here and this is how this ties in and. Uh, that, that's another thing to me about teachers. They're just always looking to learn. For mm-hmm. me, from a teacher standpoint, one of the things that I love to see is when the light goes off in someone's mind. Like you're talking and you see, or the light comes on, I guess you could say, but you're talking about the word or you're talking about whatever topic you're trying to explain and you see the light come on and they are getting what you're saying. It, it, there's a something awesome about the way that makes you feel it's like oh i got that through to them and uh and and you feel accomplished you know so for me i i can't because of the the teaching ability or the teaching anointing or the teaching whatever you want to call it on me i can't i cannot help but want to see that light go on on somebody so uh and, and that happens in all all my walk of life because of that anointing to teach it's kind of like we we're talking about the evangelist going in, and he can talk about golf, and he can. Talk. But me as a teacher, I would be in there trying to explain how, I, you know, how the all the little pieces go together, like the momentum of the swing, mm-hmm. and and where he's talking about he's talking about which clubs are the best. I'm talking about how to get your swing right because the teacher in me has to has to do that and i don't know enough about golf to talk that but i'm just saying well, that. another thing another thing for somebody listening who might be feeling um kind of they might fit that bill of the teacher for me like i said i I've, i would categorize myself as a preach teach but see i don't look for a light to go off i just have naturally i always I always just say it's just because i'm a simple person like but but i just have a natural tendency to just say does it are you follow does this make sense and i put it i put it as simple as i possibly can but i have noticed i was going to say this because i don't categorize myself as a teacher but i but depending on where you're at that anointing can come upon you because um like i've been put in charge of something here uh recently and and i'll find myself in that and i'm it's nothing even that anybody's ever taught me it's straight from the Holy Ghost and a situation will arise and I have a group of people there looking to me and I'll, I'll just ha- I'll just be, again, it's not like anybody's ever said, like, this is why you do it this way and then we do this and then we do that, but I can do that. When that need arises, I have found myself being able to just so plainly break it down. Even though the night somebody who I look up to she come up to me afterwards and she said, I've never thought about that. And she was like, but when you said it, I, the light bulbs went off in my head. Um, so you, if you're, if you feel that draw, you, you're just one of them people who just, it just comes out. You break it down. Um, so, so you like to break, you like to break it down. Now we'll move to the pastor. Like, uh, like Colton said a minute ago, if you're looking at it on your hand, they're the ring finger. 
because the way that we always say is they're married to the church. The, and the reason we say that is number one, the number one thing that you find in a pastor is that sets them apart from any of the others is really a heart for the people of the church, of the church. Um, not, not that they don't have people heart for people outside of, but the people in the church, they really love them genuinely. It's a genuine love. It's not a forced love. Um, they really want to see them get help. They want to be able to do whatever they can to help help them. Um, some other things in in a pastor that I've noticed is um, they carry themselves kind of. This goes back to the heart for the people, I think. But they always carry themselves in in sort of a responsible manner. They just have a sense of responsibility about them. And uh, we were talking off camera um, or off. Off my air or whatever. Um, <laughs> earlier, and, and uh, Aaron had mentioned, you know, some pastors just, they almost feel responsible for the people having a relationship with God. They feel like they're responsible for how good or bad that is, uh, which is not really the case um, if you're doing your job as a pastor. But um, but they, they um, y'all can help me out too. Oh, they're very loyal. Um, I think most pastors I've ever met, they, they just, again, not that not that they have to tell you this or you see them get responsibility put on them. This is just kind of how they conduct themselves just day to day. You know, um, they, they have a loyal personality. They're responsible. Um, they, they, they love people. So I, one of the things that I think about about a, a pastor is if they're married to the church, think about let's just say old school style husband and wife, you know, not, not a marriage of today, but a marriage of the sixties or whatever. The husband was the one that provided for the family. The husband is the one who took care of the wife. And so uh, he would go and, and uh, really make the money or, or provisions for the family. So the pastor does that. They'll, they go and they, they spend time in prayer for the body. <coughs> they spend time in prayer for the body. They spend time uh, uh, after God, looking looking for the the people and praying for the people. And really, they they spend time praying and studying so that they can come and bring provision. We a message, but it's provision for the people. A God called pastor will affect your life because he brought you what you needed uh somebody filling the role of a pastor that doesn't have a pastor uh, a calling of a pastor will not be able to meet the need that a pastor can meet so think about them providing that that husband for the for the wife right another thing that i want to point out is in most instances you'll hear a pastor referred to as a shepherd Another thing about a pastor is they have a, a, a sense of protection around the, their church. Or another thing to remember is there's pastors out there who aren't pastoring the church. And so we're pointing out just personality traits, you know, that you see in different ones. Maybe that helps somebody who might be feeling like, well, I feel the call of God, but I'm not real sure. This is not a cookie cutter thing. This is not 
every single one you meet will be just like this. And if they're not, then they're not this way. But, um, again, with the, the pastor, if, if they don't have a church, they will feel that sense of protection around like their loved ones, the ones that they have a close connection to. They, their group or whatever you want to call it, whatever, whoever they feel like they are shepherding, they will feel a sense of, um, duty and protection toward. So y'all got anything else to add on the, on the pastor? I think, think you've covered it all. Um, so we're moving to the prophet now. Okay. Um, some characteristics for me on prophets are, I, I've never really met two prophets that were exactly the same. Yes. That is the most, this is the most diverse one. I would say, <laughs> I have never met two prophets that um that are just straight up. Now I want to say this and it might sound a little bit harsh, but all prophets are really weird. They all have a weird quirk, and I'm not saying they're weird people, but they they always have a quirk about them that's just it's just odd. That's true. And now most prophets are really genuine people, though. I mean, uh, Mike Thorne, for example, he's a prophet here in our church. He's got his quirks, but man, that dude is the most genuine guy. Most of them are very just honest yes, brute, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. So uh, the 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 prophet. I was going. I was going to say that too. I wasn't going to say that they. I was going to say that a prophet has. Uh, they're usually very unique. Very, you would look at them and go, man, they're a little weird. But you're still. But you're still drawn. Yes. To them. It's yes. not that you. Some people's weirdness pushes you. Push you want to push them away. <laughs> yeah. But but a prophet's not that way. They're weird. I mean, come on now. You're gonna wear camel clothes and eat locusts in the wood in the in the wilderness out mm-hmm. there and and uh i mean this is this is strange stuff yeah. but god um but god ch- calls them to do that because the work that he wants them to do is is unique they are looking into the spirit realm and making it known into the natural yeah. uh, it's really what they're doing they they see spiritually and make it known naturally um so so we call it forth telling, you know, sometimes they prophesy and they tell you things that's coming in the future. Sometimes you, it's about stuff that's right now, but in reality what's happening is they are they are gifted with the ability to look into the spirit realm and bring it back and break it into the natural realm for you. A lot of times in the scripture in the Old Testament you'll see them called seers. Mm-hmm. Like see them with your eyes seers. Yeah, and they, and so they see a lot of them see. They don't all see, but they but usually that they'll see in the spirit. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll uh, understand things of the spirit. Sometimes they just have a knowing, uh, but they you will see them operating uh, with this unique ability to almost like just know, and and uh, and it's not it, it's not like that you should be afraid that God's going to uncover your dirty little secrets. God don't do that. God don't, God won't embarrass you. The only time he'll do that is if he's already been trying to bring correction to you and just you and you and him. And, and then he loves you enough to chastise you. But typically I, I maybe in two times in my whole life, have I ever seen somebody be corrected in a way that was somewhat embarrassing because the, the prophet knew something that God wanted them to know to 
now you see it in the Bible. I mean, Nathan, Nathan come to David and he's like telling about the man with the lambs and David's like, where's this man? Let's kill him. And he says, you're him. You know, that, uh, that happens. But, uh, but typically the, they're there to, to tell you what you need to know. Mm-hmm. And I will say, be cautious if a prophet only tells you the everything's going to be butterflies and rainbows. Yeah. Be cautious of the butterflies and rainbows because not everything is so soft and easy and fun. So they can often tell you things that you didn't want to hear, but it's forewarning so you can pray about it, deal with it, handle it, whatever it is. Yeah, another thing about... Uh, another characteristic to me that all prophets had is they're very bold. I've never seen a timid prophet. Like I'm, not, and I mean that in in their gifting. Like I've never seen a bold, a a, not, a timid prophet while they're operating their gift. I mean, outside of operating their gift, yes, they can be timid. But as far as like when they stand up to say what God's given them or to show people what God's seeing or whatever, then they're, you know, they're pretty upfront about it and pretty bold about it. Yeah, well, you will you will see when they're under the anointing that they come out fierce as a line. Um, I, I, I know, uh, prophetess Alita is one of the softest spoken, easygoing people. And then when she's operating under the anointing as a prophet, she is bold and forceful and, and it's like it seems like two total different people when she's mm-hmm. operating in that gift. Uh, so just because the person is a prophet don't mean that they're always going to be bold as a lion. But when they're operating under the anointing, they will almost feel bad for how bold they are sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing, um, kind of wrapping up the prophet maybe is, in my experience with them, yes, they are. They're they're super unique. But they are also probably, in my opinion, the ones who realize their calling the earliest. Now, they might not realize it as prophetic, but see, like the pastor and the evangelist, that's stuff that I don't think you really can understand until you're a little bit older. And now, uh, I'm not saying that a kid can't be a prophet, but I'm saying... As 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 they grow up, they already have this calling on their life. And so most of them can look back to being very young and times when they knew or could see or something and then something happened, you know, kind of like that. So to me, they are it's easier for them to recognize that something's going on in their life quicker than any of the other ones, just because of how God deals with them. So, coming up on the last one, we're talking about apostles. So, um, tell me some characteristics of um, an apostle that y'all, that y'all see. If you could have a perfect blend of everything we just said, then that's, the, that's, <laughs> that's it. I'm right. just kidding. Now closing. I mean, I mean, in a perfect world, yes. But your apostle, to me, uh, I would, I would say... Like Aaron, uh, not Aaron, Colton said earlier about there is no hierarchy. But with that being said, the apostle is also probably the rarest office. Absolutely. And so my experience with true apostles, 
I've had experiences where people say they're apostles that nothing about them to me speaks of being an apostle, but true apostles that I know and, and multi, many, many, many people acknowledge, they are um, very natural-born leaders. Um, they just kind of... Uh, when a situation needs something, they are that. I think it's Paul... The I think it's the Apostle Paul who says, all, all, all things to all, all things men. To all people. And, and that is them. And so... Your apostle, there again, people are drawn to them like the evangelist, but they also have, I wouldn't say that they have the heart like a pastor because in the most traditional sense, your apostle shouldn't have to stay just with one group of people all the time. Now, that does not mean that they won't. I'm just saying in the, in the again, everything that we're saying is not cookie cutter. It is not, this is the cutout, and if they're not in this, if they're not in what we say, then they're not the the office. So um, they might not have the heart uh, for just one group of people, but they have a heart for just about everybody they meet. Um, and so that's why you see them. A lot of apostles, the the apostles that I know, they have a huge following, and that's because they impact people. It do, it doesn't matter. They impact people. Again, they can touch all these. So what? Again, whatever you need, they are that. And so that would be my um, summary on the apostle. They're they're very much leadership type people. They rise to the occasion. I, I will say this though: they of the apostles that I know, and I know a few. Uh, they are usually very humble and meek man that's what i was gonna say <laughs> they're humble and meek even though they're leaders yeah they don't have to force themselves to the front to be leaders right. they're they they people just follow them that's a good and, point i didn't and, mean to make it yeah i wasn't i was i was just trying to clarify right. that because you're right people follow them but they're humble and meek at the same time they're they uh, you know, people are a lot of times. If you're not careful, people are wanting to put them up on a pedestal, and yes. the whole time they're trying to crawl off the pedestal, and somebody's putting them, and they're trying to crawl off constantly because they are uh, their hearts completely after God. They want God, God first, and they want just to see the uh, the people of God grow and and whatever whatever that takes and that's why they become all things to all people because they want to see those people grow yeah i i was going to say to me of the apostles that i know the thing that i've the that i first recognize is just the humility that they carry themselves with and it's not just when they're operating in their office it's behind the scenes quote unquote when you're at the restaurant with them and you know for for example, later on in this season, um, we'll have Apostle Jeremy um, coming on the show. He, he's he started True Purpose Ministries. Um, this man, also man of God, I've had the pleasure to be with him outside of a church setting several times, and uh, he almost wants to talk about me more than he wants to talk about himself. That's what and I was about to and say. Jeremy and Jeremy does some awesome things for the state of Tennessee for. This yeah. if around Knoxville, Maryville area, he does some really awesome things. But and um, anytime I'm around him, he's always asking, you know, about me, or he was saying, "Hey, I, 
I heard your service the other night when you when you spoke. Man, it was so good, and you. I mean, I really you showed me a different light in that. I'm like, I'm thinking, what can I teach you that you don't already know? I I, I watched Jeremy. I have to point this out because we're talking about the humble and meekness part of them. I, we walked into True Purpose, and the listeners don't necessarily know much about True Purpose. So, uh, listen when Jeremy's on, cause cause uh, uh, he he's awesome. Uh, but I walked into True Purpose one day, and uh, somebody had uh, spilt some water on the floor, and Jeremy is there while he's he's hosting all of us from Alabama in Tennessee at True Purpose. And he walks in and and he sees the water on the floor and he has, you know, 60 men there that he could have had any one of them. He could have spoke to any one of them and told told them to clean that water up and they would have done it without no talking back or anything. But this man of God who's there hosting us says just a moment, goes into the kitchen, gets the mop and mops the floor himself. To me, it... It was like booming of his humility because he cleaned, he did what he could have had any of them to do, but he didn't even think get somebody to clean this up. His thought was it needs to be done, and he done it. Yeah. Yeah. See, what I, what I was, uh, when I cut in, when uh, Colton was talking about, he almost wants to talk about me more than anything else. If Colton had not started talking just then, what I was going to say that I've noticed and every apostle I know is they make everybody feel so good about themselves. Like no other office I've ever seen. Every apostle has that ability to take somebody. They can be the lowest of low and they will make them feel. They can take somebody who just messed everything up and make them feel like everything they did and said was was right on, and it, and um, I, that's what I was gonna say. I Colton not started talking about uh, Jeremy and everything right then because uh, just like he said with Jeremy, all the other ones I know do that too. They mm-hmm. they will talk about you and they will make you feel they'll make you feel like you're on cloud nine, even yeah. if you might have messed stuff up. I mean, they will correct you, and you not even know you've been corrected, but yet you you left enlightened in a way that you won't make that mistake again and you don't even realize right. that you were corrected yeah the wisdom of god and one thing that i want I'll, I'll stop with this is um the wisdom that apostles operate in is i i, I can't say it's more because again there's no hierarchy it's just kind of tendencies but but the apostles that i know they have so much wisdom in the things that they say and they do, it's just, I think that adds into being able to make people feel so good. Oh, something I've seen about them is their relationship with God is so personal that when, as they talk about their relationship, you're going, man, I want that. Yeah. I want that. And then, and you're drawn into that. Um, you're, you're drawn into that. You want it. Right. Anyway. So closing out guys, um, Aaron, give us your final thoughts. What do you want the people to take away from this episode? We're talking about the fivefold. Tell us uh, your final thoughts. So um, I think my final thoughts would be almost like my first thoughts or Colton's first thoughts. You know, if you receive these offices, these people in, these, in the uh, authority of being in that office, you'll receive the reward of having them in that office. So 
every one of them we just talked about all the different things that they have one of the things we didn't say about an evangelist is is uh god confirms an evangelist's ministry with signs and wonders and so you can have signs and wonders at your at your benefit just because of you accepting uh them as an evangelist so recognizing their office and accepting them in that office gets you the benefit of having them in that office. There been some uh mine would be the same thing because because the in the church you might be sitting here thinking, well you didn't really talk about in the church setting. In the church setting the offices speak for themselves. But we what we're talking about is is you can have a prophet among you that's not recognized by a church. Mm-hmm. But if you receive them as a prophet in your life, you give them the ability to speak into your life, you will benefit from that, whether anybody at a church ever sees it or recognizes them or not. And so different people, you know, um, me and Colton McCoy uh, can go out somewhere. And if and and I know the giftings and callings because he's he's such a good friend of mine. I know the giftings and callings that God has put on him. And so in situations I can lean on that and I reap a reward from having him around me. And so that's, that has nothing to do with church. Um, so I, I would say basically the same thing. Keep, keep an open mind and all this. Don't let, don't let church box you in. And, and if you receive one in the name of, of whatever, in the name of what they are, then you will reap the reward from having them in your life. So my final thoughts, I, I do, I don't, I know it's going to sound like harping, but there is really no hierarchy in, in, the, in, in, be in the fivefold offices. There's no hierarchy in God. Um, I've, I've said this multiple times. It's, if you want to grow in God, it's not complicated. It's just costly. It costs you something to do that. Um, another thing I want, to, I want to say is 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. If you receive these the fivefold in the name of the fivefold, you in return get exalted. That doesn't mean that you're going to be, you know, put up on the highest mountain and people are going to start throwing money at you. But you're you're going to be exalted in knowledge. You're going to be exalted in the things. You're going to have a greater understanding of the characteristics and the the goodness of God by sitting under these people and hearing what they have because they're there to teach you. They're there to edify, uh, build you up, and to to take you into the deeper things of God. Um, so, you know, and, and one more thing I do want to say this too as well. Nobody else can call you into your office, but God, I cannot sit Amen. here and tell Edmondson, like Edmondson, I, I, I think that you're an apostle. Yeah. You know, I think that's what you are. Well, later on down the road, if Edmondson goes his whole life based upon what I said, me saying that I think he's an apostle, what happens when he comes across somebody that says, you're not an apostle, you're this. Then everything, or or maybe he doesn't act like other apostles or whatever. Something's going to cause him, and it's going to shatter his whole thing. And then he, what he's not left standing on anything because he's took my word from it. But if you pray into this, diligently seek God, asking Him, "Hey, what office do you have for me? What office am I in?" And you let and you let God tell that to you, and you let Him affirm that and confirm that in you. Nobody else can take it from you. You can. I, I I know that Edmondson's a pastor. I I know that he is, but I can sit here and tell Edmondson his face, but I don't think you're a pastor. And he would say, okay, that doesn't do anything for him because he knows that God has told him that he's a pastor. I know I said I had my last thoughts already, but I, I do need to say this. Um, 
if you feel called, I don't care what it is, and if you feel called into one of those offices or whatever, do not let that dictate how you try to follow the Spirit. Yes. The truth is, follow the Holy Spirit, and as you follow the Holy Spirit, He will use you in the way He wants to use you. He will, you will operate in your gift the way He wants to operate in, uh, through you, and you may not look like anybody else that holds the same office as you. When Colton was saying that, I, I wanted to say that to you, stress that to you, that it that do not pattern yourself after someone else. Allow the Holy Spirit to make you who you are. Amen. Mm-hmm. So, guys, this, that wraps up the fivefold ministry. Um, uh, be sure to check us out on social media. We're still doing that giveaway. The when the next episode comes out, that'll be episode four. That'll be renewing your mind with. Uh, Apostle Jeremy, when that episode comes out, that day, um, I, I guess I'm just going to say 7 o'clock. 6 or 7 o'clock, we're going to announce the winner of the giveaway. Um, it'll That'll be Central Time, so if you're listening and you're not in Central Time, it'll be 7 o'clock Central Time. But um, that day is when we're going to do the giveaway. You still have time to go find the post, like it, comment, share it for your um, chance to do that. Um, send, we also have the uh, email address, nicodemuspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can send in your prayer requests. You can send in topic ideas. Um, you can tell us that we're doing good. You can tell us that you don't care for the podcast at all. We want to hear your feedback. And, uh, of course, if you send us topic ideas, those will be things that we pray about. Please don't be offended if we never do your topic idea. It's not that we think it's horrible. It's just we want to always be current with the Holy Spirit and everything that we do. Um, also, social media. Uh, you can do all those things on social media and, and send in your feedback on there as well. Um, Until next time, thank you for listening and um, be blessed.